Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, your Chief Hope Builder. I am the author of Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up, Seven Steps to Self-Recovery. You can download that for free at momslettinggo.com. Welcome to the podcast that will help you feel at least 15% better. Feel free to join our Facebook private group, Mom's Letting Go, also, and surround yourself with other moms who understand your pain. If you would like to take your journey into a deeper accountability and recovery for yourself, join us at momslettinggo.teachable.com where we have a subscription membership. We have a tribe of moms who are all together in support groups and coaching and we study together and grow together and we are going to write a book together so that we can help other moms come into recovery with hope and determination and a way to find their own identity and recapture their purpose that they lose in the throes of dealing with an addicted loved one. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave us a review because that's how other moms will be able to find us too. God bless. Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner. I call myself the Chief Hope Builder and I minister to moms of addicted loved ones, many of whom have children who that accompany their substance use disorder. And so I want to introduce Clinton today from Remedy Live. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what he does to help people with with um, mental health disorders. And I guess you're based out of Fort Wayne, right? That's right. We're here in the mighty city, the Silicon Valley of the Midwest, Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's right. <laughs> And yeah. we've been, we've been in, in operation as a nonprofit for 15 years. So it's been fascinating to see, um, you know, Remedy started the same week the iPhone came out back in 2007. I only know that because I was one of the geeks in line to get one that first day. And um, I've just watched our mental health and our mental wellness and uh, escapism and so much just take over our society and um, that's why I was really grateful to be able to talk to you today because addiction has many faces and uh, they're all sad because it takes us away from a life well lived. Oh, so true. Yes. And I guess, wow, 15 years. So is this, um, it looks like you have a hotline. Tell me a little bit more about what you do and how maybe a mom who is struggling with her own mental health because of trying to cope with this or how she can help her child um, through your services. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about how that works? Yeah. So probably the easiest thing to do is just say that we do have a 24 hour texting line and yes. it's a texting line, not a phone voice line, because when we first launched it um, nearly a decade ago, our goal was that we would have uh, people available to serve students and students at that time even were preferring the texting option over the talking option. And so we 
we were innovative in those days in that we were one of the first in the country. Now there's a lot more text to chat options in the nation. Um, but yeah, a mom listening to this, who's finding herself discouraged, caught in despair, um, you know, battling things that she may be dealing with. There are always people that just love supporting, love providing uh, presence. Um, we always tell um, our clients, you know, we're here for you. Like, we're here for you to share what's currently causing you struggle. And around Remedy Live, we have a phrase called the secret struggle, which is very generic because all of us struggle in different ways. Some of us struggle with, with um, issues of addiction and, and dealing with a, a constant pull in the wrong direction. Some of us deal with the struggle of self-esteem and insecurities that lead to significant thoughts of depression and even thoughts of suicide. And so we're just here to chat with anyone via text that is going through a tough time and they can reach our texting line by texting the, the simple number 494949 from any phone within the United States. Uh, we serve people in every country. We just uh, had our 11 millionth interaction this oh last year. So um, we're available through that texting line, but we're also available by someone going to our website at remylive.com if they want to use their computer keyboard and chat with us that way. But we are open 24 hours a day. We are free. We are not counselors. We are just trained listeners and we're mm. committed to helping people know they're not alone. How are your listeners trained? That's so yeah. impressive because sometimes we think we need all these degrees in order to give somebody support. Yeah. Um, it's something I, I teach my moms is how to listen, empathetic listening. Love it. Uh, and so can you just share a little bit about how they're trained? Yeah, well, first of all, I would go back to even the recruiting. We, we are looking, and I would say this to your moms, uh, we're always looking for people to come work for us. We're not, we're a paid organization, so we are looking for paid employees to work for us. But it's, it's a unique role because we love redemptive baggage, we call it. People that have gone through hard times and been able to find hope on the other side to be able to help provide hope to others. We, we've tried over the years, we've had, oh, probably two or 300 staff work for us over the years that some of them, you know, it was just too hard because it's very draining to talk to someone about suicide on a regular basis like we do here. Um, but we're always looking for people that want to use the redemption that they've gone through to be able to help gotcha. somebody else with theirs. But the training is, um, it's, it's very specific to what, what the FBI or the CIA would call a motivational interviewing style, um, asking leading questions. We teach that too, yeah. Yeah, to, to be able to let people talk through uh, what it is that really they need to get on. I don't know is one of the top answers in America, right? For yeah. how are you and or yeah. you're fine or you're good. But yeah. we want to get to the bottom of that. So that would be the biggest thing that we'd want to emphasize is we, we want to be able to be good question askers but then um, orbiting around that, we want to be able to do the proper thing, uh, specifically around suicide prevention. So we are assist trained, we are QPR trained. Um, we've been blessed, oh my goodness, all, all 15 of our years have given us the blessing of having uh, licensed psychologists, uh, therapists, counselors uh, darken the door of our, we have video studios here in our building and we we do a ton of video training with our team because we're kind of unique in that, you know, you mentioned it really well that you train your moms. We don't want to be another institution. 
we want to be a relationship. We don't, oh, we don't yes. want people to feel like they've got to be something to work with us or to, to, to not work with us, but to be our client. We just want the, it to feel natural. Right. And, and so for us, we're, we're letting story lead that. So what is your story? And, and would you be letting me allow to share my story so that we can see, you know, not only God's story come out of that, but how all of us are in the same thing called life and we need one another. Oh, it's beautiful. So, so such a good segue. What is your story? So why did you start this 15 years ago? You know, what, what prompted you and how did God, you know, open those doors? Yeah, well, I am a product of a lot of dysfunction and, and, and struggle. My, my parents met at an early age, uh, should have never been married. My dad was a abuse, abused as a child. My mom was abused as a child. Um, my dad abused my mother. And, um, then, and then once they divorced, my, my mom collected husbands. So I had five dads growing up and I, I started using at 11 to be able to cope with the pain, just alcohol at the at beginning and slowly evolving into smoking marijuana and then experimenting with a lot of different things. Now I know some of the people that, you know, um, in the the recovery world i would never call myself a full-blown drug addict but i was addicted to escape i hated sure. reality and i was in a lot of pain and so because of that pain i just always looked for you know love in all the wrong places i was addicted to sex at a young age and addicted to a lot of things pornography mm -hmm. any anything that could take my mind off of how bad it was when i was sober um but for me, at the age of 18, I had an encounter for the first time with the God of the universe who created me. And you can imagine when you've lived a messed up life, you probably believe in a messed up creator. And uh, for me, I wanted a different life. I didn't like the life I had. And I, I didn't I'd never met anybody that loved God and gave me the reason to want that for my own life. Mm -hmm. But I had one friend who was a Christian and he had been with me through thick and thin, um, lots of struggles. He wasn't a partier himself, but he would always come to the parties at the end of the night to make sure that I was alive and that I was okay. Oh and goodness. we'd lost a common friend to, to alcohol poisoning. And he just never wanted that to happen to me. And he really took me under his wing. He's the one who showed me at 18 that, that there was a God who sent his son for me and his name was Jesus. Wow. And the more I investigated, I learned this wasn't just the story. This was the truth. 2000 years ago, Jesus really came and gave power to billions of people since to yeah. overcome the lies that we believe as human beings. And so once I started to realize I was created for a purpose by a God that was orderly and structured and founded on truth rather than opinion, I jumped in wholeheartedly. And it wasn't too much after that, that I knew that I was called to be involved in ministry to help people know that they also mattered. I've always been attracted to messy ministry ever since those first days. I tried to work in the church for about a decade and it was fun, but I always pushed the envelope and wasn't always embraced as the, the wineskin of, of choice. And so a little bit of a rebel, were you? <laughs> and rebel might be the right word. I just, I was just dumb enough to try. And, uh, yeah. um, and then, I was really grateful that um, in 2007, um, I was invited 
by a dear friend here in the Fort Wayne community, Char Binkley, who was leading WBCL Radio Network at that time uh, to start something new. Um, you know her, her story, probably without you even knowing her story, but her grandson was Nate Mullering. And Char Binkley um, wasn't yet ready to tell me that her grandson was using heroin, but mm -hmm. she was willing to tell me that we needed to start doing something differently to reach people, especially students with secret struggles that were a lot deeper and stranger and more difficult to navigate than things that we thought were the problem. And self-harm and, and thoughts of um, suicide were starting to grow among teens. And when she asked me if I'd be willing to join her, I think I did say no a couple of times because I thought even I wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, but sure. um, upon saying yes uh, and starting in June of 2007, um, I have had the privilege of creating this organization with God's inspiration. And, uh, you know, we, we are just so grateful to be caught up in talking about things that people just don't talk about because we believe there is a remedy and his name's Jesus. Yeah. Awesome. I'm curious that friend who was always there at the parties at the end, are you still friends? You know, that question has been asked to me a, a lot these last <laughs> few months. Hmm. Um, ironically it's not that we aren't friends and it's not that he is weird or anything but about five no maybe closer to 10 years ago uh al his name is al al um pulled away from the traditional church model and he was a pastor he retired from the pastorate and he became a kind of a recluse he lives up in in oh. northern canada i'm from western canada he lives in the northern Canada where the Inuit uh, Eskimo people would be. And he is happy living without electricity. He's happy with wow. without, without the internet. Um, he's not reachable by phone. Um, I keep in touch with him very casually through his mother, who is getting older in years. And I'm nervous about that. Um, and Al has, has, yeah, after his kids grew up, he kind of decided to get off the grid, he and his wife. And, and they wow. don't. Yeah. So that's, yeah, but, but I've be been asked that interview. so much recently. I don't know what God's doing there, but hmm. yeah, maybe it, I need to make a trip. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting though. Yeah. I, yeah. Where you were going with that. I was like, Oh, I wonder. Yeah. But um, yeah, very, very cool. So do you, um, well, just going back to the Nate Mullering, when my son was in a part of his recovery, um, Nate was his um, care team, not a care team sponsor, kind of sponsor, but he worked with them in in the uh, Fort Wayne recovery. Gotcha. And um, our, unfortunately, at that time, our son wasn't um, totally committed. Yeah. But um, when I would talk to Nate, I'd be like, Nate, can I talk to your mom? <laughs> So that's how, that's how everything I knew kind of started. Cause it was like, I appreciate you, but I need to talk to your mom. Cause yeah, it's a no, whole different, it. it's a whole different perspective, Yeah. but Nate was kind of like my, my, my introduction into so much. And he was just so patient and calm. And um, so I never would have thought I'd be way over here. Like, I don't know how many, maybe five years since I first met him that, um, that you, I'd be sharing this interview with you and talking about Nate again. But um, fortunately, our son, our, our son and daughter-in-law are almost three years into recovery right now. So, wow. um, you know, it, 
yeah, it inspires me to keep going with what I'm doing. And um, so I guess if um, I, there's there's one huge thing, and I don't I don't know how you could possibly answer this, but so often with addiction, there there are dual diagnoses. There's an underlying mental health disorder with the addiction. And as we know, addiction is a brain disease. And so sometimes they're, they're stuck so badly with a disease that they have upside down logic and their brain is just so, um, they just can't, there's no common sense there. Mm -hmm. So, and, and if they don't treat the mental health disorder first, they can't really get to the, you know, addiction, but they have to almost stop their substance use in order to deal with the mental health. Such a conundrum. And, um, you know, I try to help moms just say, listen, you know, I don't like the whole rock bottom thing. Let them hit rock bottom because I think that's horrible. That's death. I have been studying the craft method of recovery. And I love how they come alongside and meet their addicted loved ones where they are. But how do we get somebody who's so sick and sometimes psychotic to even think rationally um, about their mental health to get them to, to find help? Yeah, well, that is, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a dichotomy of, of choosing to no longer use, which again is why it's called addiction. It's not easy to do that. And then it's also important to renew the mind, right? And um, at Remy Live, we have, we're often called mental health missionaries because we go into public schools and we go into workplaces and we talk about mental health, but really the goal is to talk more about identity, not just about mental health. Because, you know, we believe uh, that mental health defined is the strength biologically of the brain to translate circumstances and relationships to define my self-identity and you and I both know that if we've had really hard circumstances we have a higher like myself higher propensity to want to escape those circumstances is something that will help us feel pleasure or feel good or mm -hmm. not remind us of the pain likewise relationships if we've been abused or we've been unloved um, are you familiar with the adverse childhood experience study have you the aces the yeah aces? yeah if we've right. never been emotionally connected to someone that should be connected to us, then we grow up also with this imbalance. And so identity for us is a major part of that. And that comes out of talking like you and I are about our story and how long have we believed this about who we are and who they are and trust and all these. And if you listen to Nate's story, and ironically, I just listened to it again this morning because I sent it to one of my colleagues. In, in the 27 minute uh, interview that we did with Nate a few years ago, as he shares his story, um, here's a guy with a great dad, a great mom, a great set of grandparents on both sides, great siblings, great school, great, 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 great. Everything's great. But Nate wasn't great with himself. Yes, that was our not, son. Yeah. yeah. And nobody ever asked him that when he was a kid. They just assumed, in fact, they would often say, what a great life you have. And he would say, yeah, you're not living my life, though. I don't feel great here. I, I always feel like I'm just not, I don't fit. Mm -hmm. The only time he fit when, was, when he was high, because then 
then he was living that life that he don't expect that he should be living. And why would he ever be sober if he could live the life where he felt like he was finally himself, right? It wasn't until that, that addiction took over and started stealing who he really was, which was the Nate we now know, this fighter, this yeah. ferocious, yeah. very smart, uh, passionate person that he has become now because he finally figured out who he was. Um, but giving people the permission to talk through those things, I know there's a lot of I don't knows. And there sure. are some people that don't want to talk about it because that yeah. trauma is triggered and they go down this really dark path. But it's got to be done in community, like you said earlier. It's got to be done in relationship. And there, there has to be a willingness to fail. Um, where they feel safe. Where they feel safe. That yeah. seen, heard, um, understood, and not judged. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the same for my moms when they get in the group. Um, and judging is, not judging, is one of the most difficult yeah. Um things and, and i don't even mean in a negative way we have this right read and listen in our our group that somebody leads and um we try not to judge even if it's a positive thing like because it's still a judgment sure. um but anyway that's a whole different well, you're right though because what you've just emphasized the condemnation that comes from that if even subtle or even even hard to fully grasp verbally, that is just enough, just that small minutiae enough to keep us quiet in what we call, again, our secret struggle. Yes. But likewise, the love, the acceptance, the, the, the permission, the uh, forgiveness, those small steps also move us in the right direction. And so we just have to be committed to that the person that we're engaged with, if they are in addiction or if they are caught in, I just interviewed a mom about an hour ago, um, her daughter at 11 through one of our, our programs to get school to her program that we do in schools, her daughter shared with her for the first time with the mom that she was struggling with uh, self-harm and thoughts of suicide for, for that, for the last five years. And she shares this on camera here in our studio this morning, they have been growing their relationship transparency is the number one rule nothing can be said that's going to condemn you or cause you to have to you know leave or like we're done like it, anything's up for grabs and then just this commitment that we will love through it all and and what does that mean right like what is what to a teenager is love a smartphone is it a car what yeah. no love means you will always have us. We will always be in your yeah. life. Thank it's you. it's not conditional and it's not exactly. punitive. Like if you tell me this, I'm not going to punish you. Exactly. Yeah. So, awesome. so, but it's a very difficult concept for moms to learn how to, um, how to do. I guess one, one last question. I, I, I feel like I could talk to you for hour, for a long time, but um, I know we both are busy people. So, um, the people that listen on your phone it, called in, soul medics those are those are our oh soul i love that word soul medics i love it did you create all the jargon for your company are you creative well, as that? i've already as all, i hope i hope you've heard me say it's the inspiration the lord's provided because i ain't smart enough to come up with this stuff but oh i doubt it i god, oh, god has been very god. kind to me to give me lots of ideas now Ideas I've got a lot of people that will listen around here, not too many. <laughs> okay. 
Well, how do your people, your your um, hope medics or all medics? Yes. Um, do they ever engage in? I mean, did they ever have tears, empath empathy to the point where they express um, sadness with the person on the phone? Or is that something that they try not to do? Oh, okay, that's a good question because um, I think the thing that sets us apart from other text lines or crisis lines is that we understand that our staff are real human beings. They're not just employees. And so it's very common for us to give our team sabbaticals because empathy burnout has hit home or it's just too hard. Like a typical three hour shift in our chat center and all of our software, we create our own software so that everything is governed and mediated by us. Uh, that that soul medic may chat with in a three hour shift eight different people with eight different suicide plans and we generally will help one person who's actually got a suicide plan in play once every three hours so although in the in the three hour shift we might talk to eight people that have suicidal ideation during those three hours one person's going to get a 911 or uh, emergency services care sent to their home because they've reached out to us via our Google ad campaign and they want to come out of that. Now, if they don't want to help themselves, and sadly we do have to get police involved to get them safe if they won't let them, won't let us help them. But all that to say, that's extremely hard for any human being, even through a text relationship to, yeah. to bear. And we typically, although I don't want to pretend that we don't hire people that have gifts in other areas, we typically will, again, only hire people that have compassion and have that type of a burden for others, because we've gone the other route where we've hired people that have answers yeah. and it's, it's callous. It's not warm. It's not right. accepting it's yeah. information and Google can get to the information, but you you can't always find someone that will give you 20 minutes. In fact, it's easier to get $20 than 20 minutes. Um, yeah. So we are, we're just, we see a lot of empathy burnout. And it's not, I'm not proud of that because that means that we need to do more to care for our staff. Ironically, uh, this is so ironic, Michelle, today, our very first clinician was hired and started uh, on, our, on our payroll today. She actually was in my office this morning for orientation. Now, as a clinician, as a therapist, her only clientele are our soul medics. Okay. So she well, will congratulations stay, on that. Thank you. Yeah. We have 30 staff, and that's all she's going to focus on. Those are her 30 clients. Wow. And so we're trying to do all that we can because we're not proud of that burnout. But we also oh. know that if we're going to encourage our team to share their stories and pray for these people yes. and use the keyboard, be authentic. You know, yeah. Yeah, missionary, well, missionary work is hard. <laughs> I um I trained to be a hospice volunteer for a while years ago, and um I was trained it's okay to sit and cry with the family, with the loved one, with with the person who is, you know, ill, with her parents, or you know, just the family. Just be yourself and be authentic. But I have noticed that um, in my support groups, if 
a mother shares something that to me is just horrific. Yeah. Um, and I re react with tears or sadness, it, it will hold her back from expressing herself because she doesn't want to be responsible for my sadness. Yeah. And it wasn't until she shared that with me that I had like this huge light bulb moment, right? Because, um, so there is such a fine line because I had that life where I had, I was seen and heard and, you know, loved, I had a great upbringing, but yeah. to her, she did not have that. So, but for me, I, I can't even imagine the life that she had. So it does bring, you know, so much emotion to me because, you know, it's anger at the people who did this to her. It's, it's mm -hmm. sadness for her, that for her grieving loss, the loss of it. So anyway, it's just so complicated, but um, thank you for giving us a glimpse into your soul medics, into what you do and your story. And I, I live just an hour away from you in the warm months, but I'm in Florida now. So looks, um, I see, I think a blue sky in the background. <laughs> so, but you know, when I'm back in Indiana, I definitely want to reach out. I would love to visit your studio and maybe do some recordings there. I might, yeah, we'll have to talk fact, about I'd, that. I'd like to have you as a guest. Please do check, you know, when you get back into the area, give us a holler. Yes, I will. And, and thank you. Is there anything else that you want to tell us that moms might need to know? Well, I'm assuming that your audience is geographically kind of diverse. And so oh, yeah, it's the, chat, all over. the yeah. chat center is obviously the biggest thing I'd want them to know. But we have school programs that we have grant money for. So it's free oh. to the school. And these are very unique events. These are technology, like we use smartphones and do interactive polling with the crowd. Oh. Um, and actually Nate and I have been architecting a brand new get school tour focus on escapism, uh, substance use, screen time, identity, all of that. If any of your, uh, your partners, your moms mm -hmm. uh, have influence to bring us to their community, again, we have the funding. We just need the invitation to come. Okay. And, and likewise, we also have a similar program, not just for students, like I just shared, but we have an, a program for adults churches and businesses that does the same thing and it's called the wired program and we would love to be able to serve any any company any church again in the nation that would like us to come virtually like through our virtual software that we bring or physically face-to-face -face if that's possible oh wow that had just inspired all kinds of thoughts in my head because one of the things i um I, I'm launching a book, Mother's Day, Unhackable Moms of Addicted Loved Ones, Closing the Gap Between Havoc and Hope. My goal is to empower 1 million moms of addicted loved ones into wow. recovery, because if I can do that, we can make a dent in the addiction epidemic, because moms can, in their communities, if they're gifted um, to bring your type of program into their community, like I'm telling them all the time, you guys, you have gifts, but you're yeah. so stuck with your child that you're not living your purpose you're not living your your right. dream and so so many of them are retired um school teachers um you know just personnel that they see that need too so you just never know so that well, was I, I would say to that too michelle like and this this is probably not going to come out right and i apologize if it doesn't but okay. when we 
focus on being the helper to a loved one, the enemy distracts us from the life that we've been given to live. That's my book. There you go. And so I just, I totally applaud what you're doing and encourage and empower anyone hearing my voice to just get involved in helping those stories get told because Amen. we actually can get more power to help our loved ones if we're involved in doing what our God-given calling is. So yeah. as you are. That's what I tell them. So thank you for supporting me. And uh, I look forward to um, con you know continuing with this uh, dialogue and this friendship, if you will, in the future. So thanks so that. much. And send me the recording so I can share it on my um, YouTube and my podcast. So I sure will. I sure all right. Will. Thank you. You have a blessed day. Happy New Year. You too. God bless. Bye-bye.